0: I'm not known, I don't think, as like a holiday person. I don't really like birthdays, no offense, but I love Christmas. But I kind of feel bad for Thanksgiving. Do you guys feel bad for Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving gets to celebrate itself for like six hours, right? Like Wednesday, you kind of remember you need to thaw your turkey, Thursday morning you eat your food, and then we're on our phones like, what's on my Christmas list? You know, what's coming next? Thanksgiving isn't even, like it's like a blip, like a bump. On the on the road, and so I'm really grateful, Danny, for you uh, sharing about the ministry that God has done, even in our church community. Because I think the faithfulness of God deserves more than like six hours or six minutes of remembering what it is and only looking forward. God is so good to us all the time, you know, all the time. We are so blessed as a people, whether it's here in the United States, watching us online, or around the world. Like God is so. Good. And I'm grateful to celebrate that this morning, even as we kind of turn that page from the Thanksgiving season towards the Christmas season. You know, I do like Christmas. Christmas is this mixture, I think, of uh, traditional stuff, nostalgic stuff that's lasted for forever. I'm a very traditional person, as well as the opportunity for something fresh and new and compelling and unique and like what is going to be our family's tradition this year. So I love that Christmas is a way that we kind of look back and that we look ahead. Today, traditionally in the church calendar, is the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent is that term that means something like remembrance or announcing of God's coming. And and it kind of works in these same two ways that I'm just talking about. Advent on the one half is a remembrance, a looking back, a thinking about the faithfulness of God. This is the first element of Advent is remembrance. And then the second is in anticipation, like a looking ahead to see what God is going to do in the future. The way the calendar falls, it feels like, man, is it really Advent? Is Christmas really coming? It's still November, but blink your eyes and it's going to be here. We have so much to anticipate, so much to look forward to, so much to remember, so much to celebrate. This is why I love the Christmas season. You know, uh, in the Bible, John the Baptist is one of the guys I think that really vivifies these two halves of Advent, both remembering and anticipating, preparing. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, and we see him jump onto the scene in Mark chapter 1. That's where we're going to spend the most of our time in the Bible today is in Mark chapter 1. You can turn there if you'd like to get ready. We read a little bit more about his birth, his kind of his backstory in the Gospel of Luke. It's a a miracle birth that people have been waiting for, anticipating, but in the Gospel of Mark, we see John kind of jump right into the story as an adult. I know some of us with holiday plans, we like to keep our, our plans loose just in case a better plan comes up. Are you one of these people that loves to keep your options open? Or are you one of these people that runs late to stuff? You know, the kind of person that texts, hey, I'm on my way. You're not on your way. You're not even dressed. Hey, man, I'm stuck in traffic. There's no traffic. It's Sunday afternoon. We know you're lying. Are you one of these people that's, like, late to the party? John the Baptist was not one of these people. John the Baptist was a person who jumped in with action. He knew his holiday plans, so to speak, years in advance. He knew what he was called to do, and he jumped right onto the scene in motion with passion and with energy. And that's why I love reading about John the Baptist as we anticipate Christmas. So let's start in Mark chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 3. It tells us this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. We'll pause there because John's role in Jesus' ministry is to be this preparatory voice, the one crying out, making straight the way of Jesus Christ, getting the world ready to receive that good news that the King is here, that Jesus is here, that he has come fully. You know, John isn't the first one to begin this work. In fact, God has been speaking to his people for thousands of years. But John is the last one who gets to finish that work of preparing, who gets to see this thing that people have anticipated for so long come to fruition. And as soon as we think about anticipating or looking forward to something as a primarily a mental attitude, like something that we uh cognitively do in our mind, but John has a different way of anticipating. For John, this anticipation means preparation. It means something like energy or activity, or even you might think about elbow grease. There's work to do in John's mind. He's jumping in and doing something to prepare the way. This is a big difference, I think, between Christmas that I used to celebrate it as a kid in my mental attitudes, and now that I'm kind of a bit more of a grown-up, Christmas is different, you know? Because I used to anticipate Christmas as a child. I loved it because you just woke up on Christmas Day at what seemed like a very reasonable hour. You just woke up and then you walked downstairs and then this tree had like magically jumped out of your basement and into your house and it was fully formed with ornaments and there were presents under there. They just showed up, you know, they wrapped themselves somehow. It seemed they were beautiful with labels. Somehow it was all the stuff that was on your list. Your favorite Christmas foods had, like, apparated into the oven, and you could, like, smell them baking and cooking. It was amazing, right? This is uh, Christmas as a kid. You just anticipate, you show up, and boom, there it is. Now, come to find out, as a grown-up, that's not actually how it is. Did you know this? Your Christmas tree does not jump fully formed from the basement, Your Christmas tree, you gotta find it. You gotta go. You gotta cut it down. You gotta drag it through the woods. You gotta saw off those branches. You gotta get it into the stand. You gotta make sure that it's level. It's like a lot of work, you know. It doesn't jump out with ornaments on it. Right? Your grandma has to give you one ornament a year for 30 plus years for you to have ornaments to put on your tree. This is a thing you build bit by bit over a period of time. Those presents, spoiler alert, there's no elves making those presents. You gotta buy them. You got to spend money you got to go to the store and it's not just like a wealth transfer thing you got to think what is this person's personality what's this gift going to make them feel about themselves to be seen and known and loved and how can i put words of care it's like a lot of work those christmas foods they don't just show up you have to get your grandma to hand you the recipe for generations and you've got to buy the groceries and you've got to tend the the dough you guys bake christmas bread it takes a lot of you got to look at the yeast you got to cover it with the cloth you got to wait for it to rise there's work to do to get ready for christmas as a grown-up isn't there as a kid you show up it's amazing as a grown-up it's like a lot of work it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but so often we approach this christmas season this preparing for the gospel in our lives as if we are a kid at christmas and on the one hand that's a good thing because we show up and god blesses us so richly he's such a good god to us but on the other hand we don't put in the work to prepare the way in our hearts to receive his good news we act like a kid at christmas that everything is just going to show up and be amazing and then when we don't see god at christmas time we wonder god how come you didn't show up like i wanted But we didn't put in the work to prepare the way in our own hearts or in our own community to receive the good news of jesus christ we expected it to jump fully formed and when it doesn't we wonder where are you god but we didn't anticipate with preparation that's what the advent season is is a time that we can prepare our hearts and our lives for the ministry of jesus you know as we continue to read in mark chapter one we see that john the baptist had this work of preparation going in his life as well. It tells us in verses four through six what he spent his time doing as he prepared the way for Jesus, both in his own life and in that of his community. I'm going to read it for you, and then I'm going to point out four things, because it tells us this in in verse four. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, and confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. All right, so this is the work that John is doing to prepare the way for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to point out kind of four things I see here. Number one, we see in John's preparation that he spent time in the desert. I see this here in verse four. As I read from the NIV, it says that he appeared in the wilderness. And I love this because John... In his time, and how much more so even in ours, society was so busy, There's so much work to do, so many people to care for, you needed to get out away from distractions so that you could hear the voice of the Lord. You know, we see this consistently in the record of Scripture. People like Moses, or, or Abraham, or Hagar by the well, or later the Apostle Paul, and even we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ sent out into the desert To get those distractions out of their life so they could hear from god face to face so john's work here in part was gathering god's people away from distractions into a wilderness area where they could hear the voice of the lord for themselves you know that's part of our work of advent as well isn't it discerning what's a busy distraction and what is a preparatory work how can we keep that separation different you know what's distracting you What's keeping you too busy to hear the voice of the Lord in your life? How tragic would it be we spend so much time preparing for Christmas we forget to prepare for our relationship with Jesus? How can you take some time in the wilderness of your heart, in the wilderness of your life, and hear from Him distraction free? I think He wants to speak to you. How can you get a little desert time this Christmas season? You know, the second thing I see here that John's doing to prepare the way for the Lord is uh, the ministry of the confession of sins. I see that here in verse 5, because I think John knew that a real encounter with God, a real encounter with Jesus, that has to be truth told. You know, so often, especially at Christmas, we put out that veneer of that my life is perfect, that everything is good, everything is happy, and we don't tell the truth about those things in our heart, those things in our life that are weighing us down and plaguing us. We don't unburden ourselves from sin we just build a wall a shiny package shiny bow we don't tell god the truth about our life the truth about our past or the truth about how we need him we leave that wall up between us and him but john is showing us that to prepare the way for jesus in your life you have to confess your sin you have to get it out of your life and out of your heart as it tells us in the book of first john if you confess your sins he's faithful and he's just to forgive you your sins to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I say, if we want to prepare a way for Jesus in our hearts this Advent season, we've got to confess our sins to Him. Let Him cleanse you, let Him forgive you, and let Him invite you home. What's in your heart? You need to lay at Him to remove that barrier between you guys. Confess your sins that you may be healed, says the Scripture. The third thing I see here in this uh, passage of John's work is the sacrament of baptism. tells us that John brought the people out and baptized them in the waters of the Jordan River. And baptism is something Danny mentioned. We've baptized more than 30 people this year by immersing them underwater and bringing them back up. That's a symbol of dying to your old self and being renewed to life with God. It's amazing, and it's an act of obedience that's a reflection of the work that God's done on your heart on the inside. So whenever I think about baptism, I think about that obedience to the call of God. You know, John knew that preparation for Jesus meant energy, it meant work, it meant stuff to do in a sense, not in the sense that we earn our way to God by doing more things to make him happy, but in the sense that as he has changed us, he invites us into life with him by acts of simple obedience. So I wonder where he might be asking you to obey, you to step out, and you to follow. You know, preparing for Christmas doesn't, in a sense, it's never done you're never checking the list off. A life with Jesus is just that, a lifetime. We have to obey every day, step by step, step by step, step by step. What is he calling you to step into in obedience this week? I think we might know in our hearts where he's calling us to follow. You know, the fourth thing I see here in this passage as John prepares. It's kind of the most famous thing about John, and I phrased it here on the screen for you as simple clothes and simple food. And that's a little bit underselling it, isn't it? Because Mark 1 tells us that he was wearing garments of camel's hair, which is kind of a scratchy, uncouth cloth, the wrong kind of clothes, and that he ate locusts and wild honey, which is not the kind of food that you would want to eat, like literally grasshoppers, bugs, insects. Simple food. is one way to put it here. We think about that as John is an outcast from society and so on. I think that's in part true, but what I love about John's preparation for Jesus, simple clothes, simple food, is the insight that he had that the cares and worries of this world should have no hold on us, that what we wear, what we eat, what we drink, we should not worry about those things, but we should pursue a relationship with God, our Savior, John didn't care what he had to wear he didn't care what he had to, he, he only cared if he knew god face to face and if the gospel was made magnificent in his life simple food simple clothes but in our world we're so easily seduced by these things like wealth aren't we like gifts by stuff by the tangible material things that plague our world and god knows we need those things for sure Yet, John's insight that these things don't matter and only what's eternal matters is something that we can learn from because look how John puts it in Mark 1, 7 and 8. His message of the gospel is put this way. He says, after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he, meaning Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You see, John doesn't care about food, clothes, wealth, status, prestige, where he lived, he lived in the desert. What he cares about is a relationship, a baptizing relationship with God, a face-to-face encounter with God. And that's what he spent his life preparing the people for, preparing himself for. So I wanna ask you this morning, what are you preparing for this Advent? Are you distracted by the shopping and the clothes and the garments and and the food and the presents and the tree, all these things which are even good? Or are we so busy and distracted by getting ready for christmas that we are forgetting to prepare for jesus christ to come in our hearts are you preparing for an encounter with jesus you know as a kid at christmas time i showed up and there it was and as a grown-up i've got to put a little skin into the game i think the same is true for our relationship with god isn't it we've got to put a little skin in the game we've got to prepare for our encounter not just in our mind anticipating let's put in a little bit of work. One of the cool things about our Advent season here at Three Crosses is that we have uh, tried to come alongside everybody with some simple tools that you can use to prepare your heart, your mind, your relationship for an encounter and experience with God. I wanna share kinda four of those briefly with you uh, today. And so the the first of these is as we prepare for a relationship with God, I wanna suggest that we prepare with generosity, that we prepare with generosity you know Danny just shared a lot about where we're at as a church and the ministry needs and man I'm so grateful for those of us who are generously sharing with our church community with our missions partners around the world with our benevolence it's amazing to be a part of a generous church family but God is so generous to us if we're going to reflect his great gift of his gospel we're gonna have to be generous ourselves you know one of the tools we have to help you to do that is our three, uh, Three Crosses Missions Christmas catalog they look just like this you can find them online Uh, I think there's also some out in the Mission Center, and I love this because this is a Christmas list from our global partners all around the world, and they're saying what they would like to have for Christmas. And it's things like, I would love to be able to feed my community and get them firewood for warmth this winter. Amazing. Forty dollars can do that for you. They're asking for things like uh, school supplies and backpacks for kids in need. Twenty-five bucks will get you a backpack. They're asking for things like baseball equipment for getting kids off the streets and into discipleship-making baseball leagues in the country of Cuba. It's amazing. Why not take one of these catalogs, pray through it with you and your family, and instead of getting yet another Lego set, give a gift of something that can really impact around the world. Get a Lego set too. Christmas should be fun, but this is a tool that we have to bless our missions partners all around the world in a way that's really tangible. Maybe you can prepare for God to show up in your life through generosity. Consider using this tool, our 360Serve, our Three Crosses Missions Christmas catalog. You know, Christmas, though, isn't primarily about wealth transfer, about generosity, about money. You know, Christmas is about a face-to-face encounter with God, and that's why we've got our uh, Three Crosses Advent devotional. In fact, we have a gift for you today that you can pick up one of these on your way out. Pick up more than one of these and give them away. What this is, is it's a, it's a prayer book, a devotional journal that you can use each and every day in the Advent season. And Advent actually starts today. So today's day one. You are on track. You can start today. Page one has a gospel message that you can read and share with those. Each day has a scripture and a prayer that you can be reading and praying alongside the rest of our church family. And if you spent a few minutes in prayer each and every day, don't you think God would show up in your life this Christmas season in a fresh and a new way? I know he would be faithful to do it. Such a simple tool, for free, for you, our gift. Share this with people. Pray and anticipate the coming of Christ. In your life. If you're watching with us online, you can just click a button on your screen and you can download the electronic version and go to our website and download it. This is free for all who ask. Please give these away. This is an amazing tool to prepare our hearts to receive the Lord this season. And our third uh, way we're coming alongside you to help prepare our community to receive the good news of Christ is to prepare with evangelism. The word evangelism comes from the same word we read in Mark 1 about good news of Jesus Christ. We have our 14 days of christmas celebration starting on friday december 3rd this week we start inviting people up to our community to celebrate with things like food and music and ice skating and christmas tree lighting on friday so much stuff going on to give people a taste of what it can look like to be a part of a faith community a family of god It's so easy to invite somebody up it's so easy to sign up to volunteer come as a family come as a small group come as a ministry team and put yourself into the space of one extending hospitality and showing the good news and love of Jesus Christ. You know, Danny already gave us the challenge to walk through the area and pray for those whose hearts and minds might be touched, but also I want to challenge you to practically put your feet into motion and sign up and help us out. Help us welcome our community. We're praying for thousands to come to know the Lord, and you can be a part of that. You know, come out 14 days of Christmas, prepare for evangelism. And the fourth way we're coming alongside you this Christmas season to prepare your heart to receive Jesus Christ is in our worship services on Sundays. We're preparing for celebration. You know, one of my favorite Christian writers, Richard Foster, says that the, uh, the worship service begins the night before as you decide and determine to show up. It comes the night before as you prepare your heart to receive what the Lord has for you the next day. It comes as an, a decision made ahead of time to celebrate not as something convenient not as something if i have time i might go maybe i'll run late maybe i'll have a better plan but the worship and celebration of god should be a decision that we make and man if you want to come to church any time all year christmas has got to be the time to do it right so between now and christmas time we're going to be celebrating the encounters that we can have with Jesus through the scriptures. We're going to sing worship songs with each other. Just like Solomon shared this morning, it matters that we're here together singing alongside one another as the gathered people of God. So come to church and worship with us on Sundays. Prepare with generosity, prepare with prayer, prepare with evangelism, and prepare in worship. And I believe that if we put in that work of preparation, of anticipation, and of remembering God's goodness, we'll be ready to see him when he inevitably shows himself to us in these next couple of weeks you know in fact i've invited the band to, to sing one of my favorite advent songs today it's a little weird baby to sing christmas music in november but it's not because god is god all year long and as we look towards celebrating his birth and his entry into our world to save us sinners man, what a great gift so would you pray with me as we transition back into our time of worship